You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. to have personal responsibility, political accountability, and corporate culpability. We must eliminate poverty. I don't care what color the person a child. Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with co-host Amber Page, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning, Amber. Thank you for being in the saddle with me once again for this morning's Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are coming right after buying black on Black Friday. We just had our invite-only event uh, via Zoom last night, and I called it the Buying Black Manifesto. So this morning will be a continuance of that discussion, if you will. But thank you, Queen, for being with us. If you will, say hello to all the truth seekers, and how are you this morning? Good morning. I'm doing okay. How are you? Just Okay. Just okay. Just okay. Come on, come yes. on. Wake up, wake no. up. <laughs> I'm awake. I'm awake, but you know, I've gotten a little bit older now and I think I injured my back in some way. So I'm oh, in a no. little discomfort. So it's just okay today. But I'm here. Oh man, I hope the truth seekers seriously. We got a trooper right here. It's ride or die. Every <laughs> page. You on here with back pain, fighting through it all. Oh, man, I need to get you some Ben Gay. You younger than me. Yeah, I know. It's bad. It's messed up. You can't, you can't be younger I than know. me and get your back all hurt and stuff. I know. I'm just saying. I'm working I'm just on saying. it. You know what I mean? Now, okay, okay. Well, now I'm sorry to hear you in that pain, Queen. So, you know, hopefully we can get through it. Um, you know, I was going to have you jump some hurdles on the show this morning, but I guess, you know, I guess, I guess it'll take, cut that out. <laughs> Right. Let's go ahead and strike that off the list. Oh, All I got man. is my okay, boy. Okay. Alright, alright. Well that'll be enough for what we need to do this morning. So I get into this as we get into this morning's discussion question. Should we should 
black people, African-Americans, should we have a buy-in black manifesto? Again, we kicked off some of that discussion uh, last night on our invite-only mental dialogue member event. Encourage any listener out there to go to the mentaldialogue.com page and become a member so you can get your special invites to our invite-only events. It was excellent last night as we also did a marketplace showcasing eight excellent black online businesses. So um, again, our motto yesterday was buying black on Black Friday. I think we were pulling that off last night. Again, as we highlighted eight black online businesses as after the discussion, we moved into the market, the online marketplace. And so again, just wanted to highlight that last night and encourage any of the truth seekers out there to become a supporter of this platform. It is not, in a sense, it's not free to be on this, on these internet waves, if you will. So again, consider supporting us as we move into a continuous of this morning's discussion. Once again, should we as black people have a buying black manifesto and, you know, to kind of kick it off as we always do, do. Um, Amber, when you saw that that was kind of sense the direction we were going this morning, you heard the question worded that way. Um, if you can, you know, tell me what, what was the first thought that came to mind uh, when you saw that question worded specifically that way? Um, the first thought for me was I don't think that's necessary, but that's just, you know, my first thought when I saw the show title. Okay, nah, sounds good. Like I say, I definitely want to respect your first mind, if you will. Um, you know, we got a few minutes before we get to our first initial breaking and, and things of that nature. So, if you will, um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and explore that first thought. I know we typically wait to after the break. Um, but, yeah, interested in um, you, you know, from your perspective and, in a sense, what makes you say in your mind not necessary. And, again, I'm not, as we do on the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, if you are a first-time listener, we're not, our goal is to tell you how to think. We want to hear your different opinions. And this is what we do. We want to get, you know, dialogue and hear it from different perspectives. So, yeah, if you will, when you say it was not necessary, give you know, give me, give me where that's coming from. Um, I'm just, as you know, a consumer. I typically don't have. I'm not brand loyal, or um, I'm not. You know, I don't think I go where I spend my money where I feel like. Um, my money is appreciated. Um, and so that could be anywhere. Um, so, I mean, that's just, that's just my thoughts. You know, I spend my money where I feel like my dollar is appreciated. And the moment I go to a place that is not, that's the first and, you know, probably the last, definitely the last, maybe not the first visit for me. Well, no, I respect that for you as an individual. So are you, if I can, if I can ask again, this is an inter- interesting thought for me, um, are you aware of the push to, in a sense, um, buy black? Or obviously it came up earlier this year with some of the things that were happening, or, you know, in the nation or whatever, and um, these that push was pushed even harder. I've definitely here in Atlanta been, and even outside of Atlanta, you know, just been aware of these campaigns. And so um, I definitely respect it for, you know, for you individually. When um, are you aware of, in a sense, that push being made? And when you see it, um, do you have a perspective on where you think that comes from? Just, you know, again, just getting your, you know, your thoughts, um, you know, on, on, on seeing those campaigns or have you seen them? I guess that's the first question. I should stop it. Oh, yes, absolutely. You know, and where I can, 
spend my money, um, you know, with black-owned businesses, and I most definitely, you know, do. And when it comes to, you know, like my specialty items, um, you know, I do find myself of, you know, some specialty items that some of the black businesses that we've seen online recently, um, I enjoy spending my money with them. But it's not to say that I won't spend my money anywhere else. Uh, but most definitely I do understand the push for supporting our Thank you. I think we're breaking up. I can't hear you right now, and so I'm pretty sure the audience can't hear you right now. I don't know if you can hear me, um, but you're breaking up very bad right now. I may, I may have to have you call again if it's. I will. I'll call right in. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We. Yeah. We couldn't hear any. I'm a little. Okay. Keep talking. Hold on one second. Sorry, y'all. We get through this thing. Go ahead. I was just. Can you hear me? Yes, I think I can hear you a little better now. It was breaking up pretty bad. So, um, yeah, I don't think. Oh, I was just saying. Yeah. No, I was just saying that. You know, I do. I have definitely seen the push to support black-owned businesses, and I still make an effort to support them, especially when there's like a specialty item that I'm interested in or looking for. By all means, if I can buy black, I will. Um, But there are certain circumstances where, you know, I will go to whoever has what I need. Um, So, um, yeah, that was pretty much the gist of it. Okay, cool. Yeah, we're up against the first break. Um, I have, you know, again, I will tell you, interesting. And, again, I want to kind of dig into – if you will, just, you know, just kind of back and forth with us. I, I have a, just to share with the audience, I have a, in a sense, a buying black manifesto that in a sense I want to roll out and I'm hoping the audience will get in on those thoughts. Um, but before we get that, I'm still digging a little bit, if you will, Amber, uh, just from the standpoint of, um, you know, and asking, and again, we'll come out of the break with this and understanding in a sense why the push is made. I wanted to, you know, just kind of get your thoughts on, you know, where you think in a sense, the people that are pushing for, you know, what do you think they're coming from? If you, you know, just kind of give me your thoughts on that. So if you will think about that during the break, we'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. Big Sis Media Group is a full-service design agency with tools available to help clients communicate with audiences through visual and digital media. So what exactly does that mean? You need graphic design? Call Big Sis Media. You need web design? Call Big Sis Media. You need audio or video production? Call Big Sis Media. You need a branded strategy for your business? Call Big Sis Media. Damn, they do everything, don't they? Nope, even better. They're professionals. Whatever service you need, they do a consultation, send over a contract with a deadline, and meet that deadline. A true one-stop shop for all your digital and media needs, all at an affordable price. What's their website and phone number? BigSysMediaGroup.com 404-465-4348 Again, that's BigSysMediaGroup.com Call them at 404-465-4348 Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I am your host, 
Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special co-host Amber Page. This morning's discussion question, should we have a buy-in black manifesto? As I announced before the break, I have a manifesto I want to roll out. We're going to open up the phone lines as well, 646-787-1691. Again, that's 646 646- Seven eight seven one six nine one. You have to press one to let us get your three cents in on this morning's discussion question. Myself, uh, obviously rolling out a buying black manifesto, then it's pretty obvious that, uh, in a sense, I am of the mindset that we should have one. Um, Amber, again, you broke down that you know for your, your to yourself personally, um, you don't think that it's necessary, and I absolutely respect that opinion as well. And as I was asking before the break, just giving some thoughts. Um, behind, you know, like maybe, in a sense, someone like myself who decides, let's roll out one because I might think it's necessary. Um, Just wondering, um, you know, just your thoughts behind why someone like myself or other groups find it a necessity. And again, respecting the fact that you don't, but just wondering, you know, what do do you think is behind why we think it's necessary for those of us who, who make these push, if that makes sense? No, because we do need to support black-owned businesses. That's the only way they're going to survive. Um, you know, they do need consumers. Um, they need us to come and spend our black dollars. Um, so it's definitely something that I think is needed in our community. Um, I just don't know to what extent I can buy exclusively black. <laughs> so, you know... Okay. All right. So, okay. Now, I think I think I think I see where you're. Because again, it, it, if if you can understand like how I'm listening to you for a second, it sounded contradictory when you say just to throw it out there. When you say you don't find it necessary, mm-hmm. and then you say, "Well, I need I see how it's needed." Um, but let us be real clear here. Uh, in typically in most buying black manifestos, oh, I should say uh, most manifesto, but a lot of times in buying black campaigns. The ones I've seen, mm-hmm. I haven't seen a push to buy exclusively. So I think that's where, you know, maybe again, just trying to dig into understanding where you're coming from and again, respecting where you're coming from. I do want to throw out that I'm not aware of, and I'm, 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 I'm pretty sure they exist as well, but I will say when I, when I see a back buying black campaign or when I've been behind one, my thought hasn't necessarily been to be exclusive. There may be other people who out there who mm-hmm. feel that way. So please call in and give us your thoughts if that is kind of how you see it. But I think that's fair. I think it's fair. To, and, again, I think I think you're correct. I think I have seen people, in a sense, who have made that push. But I'll say the campaigns, in a sense, that I've been a part of, uh, for example, have not to be, you know, not um, not to be exclusive, if, if you will, partly because I don't know how realistic that is, if that makes sense. Um, if you just think about, you know, again, like even in Atlanta, if you will, um, I don't know if you – I didn't see it, but I heard about it even when, like, for example, Killer Mike had that little brief show. I forget which network it was on, but everybody was talking about it. And I remember even, you know, Killer Mike, who, who I don't know if you're aware, but he always advocates, to you know, to a certain extent for the community and even the concept of having our own and things of that nature. But I remember he did this one show and supposedly went out throughout the day, even here in Atlanta, and had trouble finding uh, I guess a number of businesses. I don't know exactly what he was looking for. If it was just a random day, but I just mm-hmm. heard a lot of people talk about it, and um, you know, and, and I'm pointing it out because I think it it speaks to kind of what the clarity that even that we're having right now, right? That even if a killer Mike who advocates 
you know, in a sense, he goes out one day and has, in a sense, trouble, even in Atlanta, if you will. So you can imagine outside of, in a sense, black enclaves or cities with, you know, with a lot of blacks, it's not easy, in a sense, to, you know, to some people to, in a sense, find or even know where the black businesses are. I think that's changing because of the Internet. And that's, you know, that's how we were able to do a black marketplace last night online, if you will, via the Internet. You know what I mean? We literally showcase, you know, um, eight black visitors that ship right to your home. You know what I mean? So, again, this is a lot, a lot of thoughts behind it. But let's go ahead and dig into um, the manifesto. Um, and, again, and what I want to do with it is I'm just going to lay it out throughout these next couple of hours, hope, you know, to get your thoughts on it. Um, hopefully the callers will call in and give us their thoughts on it. And, again, the question is, should we have a, block, a buy-in black manifesto? Again, we're not telling you which way to go. But, again, in rolling this out, these are, in a sense, obviously my thoughts on it, if you will. And so I'm going to kind of just mm-hmm. share, in a sense, a little opening paragraph from it and then start going through some of the pointers and, you know, get your thoughts on it as well, um, Amber. So um, basically when I wrote it out last night, uh, I basically, you know, buying Black Manifesto, I said, how to become a revolutionary capitalist, which is, a, a, in a sense, a, a term I've coined uh, from the standpoint of, um, people have all their different thoughts about capitalism and things of that nature, uh, but I think even within this, within that, within that system, um, you can still, in a sense, be a change agent. And in my opinion, focus on ensuring, for example, that as you said, circulating the black dollar, or in a sense, elevating the collective, in a sense, by attempting to gain more wealth, even within the system. And some people disagree with whether you can or not. Um, like my good friend Mark Rager says, hey, this is the game that's you know available to play, so we got to play this one to the best of our ability. So, and, you know, so I came up with, in a sense, the term revolutionary capitalist to, in a sense, say, hey, let's get this money, you know, based on the rules of the game, if you will. Um, but with that said, the opening paragraph to the manifesto just says, uh, and, and this is just, again, my thoughts, and, again, please challenge these thoughts, and people call in and challenge these thoughts as well. It says, we are typically overcritical of our black-owned businesses because in many instances they are competing against companies that have been in business 50 to 100 years. Most of our black-owned businesses, 95%, are one-person shops wearing every hat, including sales, marketing, accounting, customer service, etc., not to mention most black startups' industry. Again, that's just a just a quick little thought before I go into the manifesto. Um, if you will, uh, Amber, any thoughts on just basically what I mentioned in, and that was just, in my opinion, a way of laying out the, the landscape before breaking out what we could do about what I just said. But any thoughts on that before, I, again, before I get in, into some of the points? Yeah, I definitely, you know, agree with that. You know, it's usually a one-man shop. Um, you know, myself having, you know, a bakery at one point and, you know, just trying to maneuver through all of the demands on a small business, um, it, it's, a, it's a lot. Um, and then when you throw in the need for capital, um, that just adds on to the challenges. I mean, it it creates challenges as far as being able to hire people or even being able to hire people that are skilled enough to, um, you know, be tasked with or be given some of the tasks to Mm -hmm. remove some of the burden from that one person. Um, It's a lot, you know. And then when you go into certain communities, they don't have 
a lot of the skill set that would be needed for, say, a bakery, you know. So you do have lots of challenges when, um, you know, that one business owner is wearing all of the hats. No, absolutely. Um, And just to speak to that, again, before I even go into a pointer, and again, again, this is just in a sense the lay of the land, and so just to get even an understanding, you know, in a sense for this buying black, or if you will, uh, again, I'm not talking about exclusive, if you will, but it's addressing, in a sense, conceptually and collectively, our mindset about one buying black and things that we might can do to improve, in a sense, in my opinion, the collective wealth, um, you know, that's available to us, you know, by having, again, some focus on supporting our own, just to kind of lay, lay that out. Uh, but, yeah, I love the thought that you said, again, yeah, you having, like you said, been uh, a small business owner yourself, and in, in reference to, like you said, that skill set, here's something that, yeah, as you said, um, just having enough funds to pay people. And so something that happens, and what I'm going to sound like to some people listening is it's going to sound like an excuse, right? Um, but it's just speaking to the reality, and in my opinion, when you understand this reality, it's why I find it as necessary to have a manifesto. Uh, if if you will, for our community, again, just maybe some consistent thoughts on what we might do in order to improve some of the things we see. So, for example, like you said, even having a business and being having enough money to hire any people with the right skills. And so a lot of times people, uh, you know, may, in a sense, may even make complaints about, you know, the customer service should always be up to par, and I'm not disagreeing with that. You know, you have to, in a sense, hold yourself to a standard, but even for our business, our black-owned mm-hmm. businesses that do, in a sense, have employees, again, only a 5, 5% of them do, you know, unfortunately. But with that said, part of the thing is, as you said, if you're not having, in a sense, the right amount of capital or access to capital, then it, sometimes it limits what you can pay for even your employees. And a lot of times, if you're having to pay on the lower scale, you're not able to hire the people with the skill set that you need that would that would keep the standard that you would want to have. Or, or, or some people say, well, train them up, whatever. If you're that one-man shop or you don't have a, you know, you're not you're competing with businesses that have training, a whole training staff, right? And you don't have a training staff, mm-hmm. so you are the, the one trainer trying to get somebody up to speed. And unfortunately, you might walk in the day that that new hiree hasn't, you hadn't had a chance to get to that part yet. So, you know, again, there's a lot of things mm-hmm. that sound like excuses, but they are the lay of the land, if you will. So with that said, um, let me jump into our points. And for the callers out there, again, if you want to get in at any point, all you have to do is press 1. If you're online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, it's 646-787-1691. So the first, again, I have five points as a part of this manifesto, but we're going to dig into each of them. So the first one is, again, I think starting with the mindset, as always, we are meant to dialogue, so obviously that's where we would start. And so the first point that I rolled out last night was stop all black spending power myths. Stop all black spending power myths. And I'm pretty sure you've heard that term, black spending power. And and, mm-hmm. and people talk about it all the time. And, and, you know, for example, if you've heard that term before, then you've also heard, Blacks spend $1.3 trillion a year. And, and, and it's said just in, a, in, a, in, a, in the same vein that I'm saying it in now, and usually it's used to a certain extent, in my opinion, the way I've seen it used in most situations as an indictment 
on the overall collective. Um, it's not, in my opinion, I very seldom see see it used favorable sense. I've even years ago, I you see people compare that 1.3 trillion, for example, to um, other countries' GDP. I don't know if you've ever seen or heard that. Uh, comparison or whatever of that 1.3 trillion, and I've heard people say, you know, if if we spend 1.3, you know, African American specifically, we spend 1.3 trillion dollars, we would have the eighth or ninth largest GDP in the world. Like people make that comparison, mm-hmm. but it's completely apples and oranges when you start talking about production from a company and all that people spend. So it's a it's a very unfair comparison, but again, it's used in a negative sense, and they don't those two things don't even compare. Um, matter of fact, before I even give even any, any stats, but just any thoughts about you know have you heard that in a sense spending power used in a way that is positive or negative? How have you heard that term used, if you will, um, Amber? Um, I mean, it could be, I've heard it used positively and negatively, you okay. know, sometimes negatively when it comes to what some of our people like to spend money on. Um, so, you know, that sometimes is, it has a negative, um, it's negative when we start thinking about, you know, especially around tax time and things of that nature. You know, we you hear things like, oh, well, black people are just going to spend money on this and that and the other. And it's like, yeah, okay, that's negative. But then also on the positive side is that if we are able to unite our dollars, um, then, you know, what does that look like for our black-owned businesses? What does that look like for our communities? Um, so, you know, I, I can – and hear it on both sides. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, how about this one? African Americans are the biggest consumers in the country. Have you heard that that before? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you couldn't even. Uh-huh. Yeah, you couldn't even. You can't even talk about that. So you hear that so much, right? So when I say number <laughs> yeah. one, stop all black spending power myths. Let me give some clarity on mm-hmm. that one because it's a complete myth that African Americans are the biggest consumers in the country. According to the Salig Center mm-hmm. of Economic Growth, they they track consumer spending. This is where even, this is where the 1.3 trillion number even comes from. They track it yearly. Uh, the last report I think was in 2018. Is they gather the numbers for each year, um, or I, if if they have a 2019, I haven't found, I haven't seen it yet. But the in 2018, mm-hmm. for example, blacks spent the 1.3 trillion we always hear about. Now, if we were the biggest consumers, listen to these rest of these numbers. Hispanics spent 1.5 trillion. Asians, who are only 5% of the country, population-wise, spent $1 trillion, and whites spent $10.6 trillion in 2018, which is about eight times what we spent, whatever, right. they're four and a half times us in population. But if we're the biggest consumers, and but typically when people say that, they only tell you about our number. And and it's not, it's not me even going at the people who, who say it or use it, because let me be honest here. Years ago, I used to use that number in the same manner that I now am against using it. I used to use it in that same manner mm-hmm. when I before I found the other numbers. I, I just literally assumed that we were spending the most money in the country. And then when I found the real numbers, I was like, hold up. And I started digging a little deeper. 
and I realized not and these numbers alone are not it in itself, but it was an eye opener to the fact that we're far from the biggest consumers based on the numbers that you just heard. But I know the way it was used, I assume we were spending more money than everybody else in the country. Uh, any quick thoughts on that? Again, I'm just going to go point for point. You can jump in wherever you like. I got a lot of callers out there. Just press one if you want to jump in. Uh, we got a lot of points we're going to make throughout these couple of hours. But any thoughts about hearing, in a sense, those numbers? Uh, or had you heard those numbers before uh, versus you saying, yes, you've heard we are the biggest consumers in the country? Any thoughts on that real quick? Yeah. No, I have not heard those numbers at all. Um so I do appreciate you, as always, for enlightening me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Here's another question. Matter of fact, we we're about to go up against our first break. Uh, I'm going to see if I can uh, – yeah, definitely, we're about to go up against our first break. So here's a question that I hope people – matter of fact, just give me – think about this during the break. So if all African Americans up and left the country, again, remember, we're on point one right now, which is stop all black power spending myths. That's the point we're on. So here's the question I'm going to ask you going into the break. So if blacks, all African Americans, all of us got up and said, well, all right, we're leaving the country. If we leave the country, give me the percentages of the, well, the guess the percentage of household wealth that would leave the United States. And when I say household wealth, I'm saying the money that we as citizens have, government have. I'm talking about specifically what we as Americans keep. If all African Americans left the country, I want you coming out of the break, Amber, give me a guess of what percentage of household wealth would leave the country. We're going to go to a dope song by my one of my favorite artists, Joe Bleeds from Square Business Entertainment, one of our sponsors. And we'll check out this cut, and you think about what I just gave you. We'll be right back. Well, all I ask is that you think. You want the love you don't know about life. 
Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Again, I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with co-host Amber Page. Again, a cut from Joe Bleeds and Square Business Entertainment. Love the music. They give us a little flavor for the show every morning, every Saturday morning. This morning's discussion question, should we have a buy-in black manifesto? Should we have a buy-in black manifesto as I'm rolling out a manifesto and myself and Amber are going through it? And so the question I ask you, i got several callers out there. You have to press 1. If you're on the line and want to get in, press 1. If you're just listening, no problem. If you're online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that's 646-787-1691. So, Amber, you're on the spot. What percentage of household wealth did you, are you going to guess if African Americans up and left the country all of a sudden? What percentage of household wealth would leave the country? I'm gonna say fifteen to twenty percent. Fifteen to twenty percent. So I'm gonna give you the exact numbers mm-hmm. again. We're still on point one. Just you're just now tuning in of the manifesto, which I said stop all spending power black spending power myths. So if we all up and left the country right now, uh, as of last year, there was $105 trillion that we as the American people have, the entire country, all of us, all groups, all demographics, $105 trillion. Um, A recent study where we're actually at the highest we've ever had, is, so it's recently up to 118, but they haven't broke it out right now. So here's the last time that it was broke out demographically, if you will. A year ago, 105 prior, pre, pre-corona or whatever, but again, we broke those heights, believe it or not, even after, right currently, right, coming, you know, in the middle of corona, if you will. But anyway, 105 trillion. So African Americans, the money that we have as a collective is 3 trillion. That comes out to 2%. 2%. If we all jump yeah. up and left the country, so for me, it puts this spending power thing in a different context. Again, um, a myth. This is, and I don't say this to down us. This is not to. Again, the goal is not to be negative. The reason I want to stop all spending power myths, if you will, is because we collectively say things, and again, can or it gets you. I feel like it. And you say, I agree that it can be used positive and negative, negatively. But I hear it used negatively so much when, in fact, it's not a fact. If, if at the end of the day, um, another thing that doesn't get factored in, factored into the to the numbers that I told you earlier, the 1.3 trillion that we spend and the 1.5 that the Hispanics spend. So the numbers just sitting there without having context. Context of the majority of that money goes to housing, transportation, healthcare. So. It's not that you're wasting or being frivolous with a $1.3 trillion. Like, you know, as you said, sometimes you've heard people say, all the money that we spend and what we spend it on, the reality is the majority of that money is spent on necessities, if you will, right? And when you start hearing the numbers mm-hmm. I'm telling you now, that $1.3 doesn't look like a lot when you find out wealth-wise we we're holding about $3 trillion in a country that has $105 trillion which ends up being video on the Mental Dialogue YouTube page talking about, you know, should we, you know, still, should we boycott the NFL, for example? And so, you know, when I share, I talked about this last night on the event, 
you know, national boycotts are fruitless in most situations because, believe it or not, we're not affecting these national organizations, these national companies, as much as we might think. Are there de- are there companies in which we are big consumers in? Yes. So you know, so to a certain extent, there are some companies that we could affect. But in reality, boycotts, for example, just to throw that out there, uh, really only can be effective locally where there are a majority of us. But national, nationally, that puts things in perspective. So that's why, in a sense, I say stop these. These myths, again, for anybody out there listening, we've got a lot of callers. We definitely want to get y'all in. You have to press one to let us know you want to speak. But let me go ahead and move on to another myth so we can get to point number two. Another myth is, have you heard this? African-Americans don't support each other enough in business. Have you heard that myth? Again, I call it a myth, but have you have you heard that before, Amber? Absolutely. And so, again, I'm calling it a myth. Let me bust that myth out real quick, and we'll move on to the next point. And so all I want to share here is a couple of examples that don't fit into the myth. And two examples alone doesn't necessarily break down for anybody out there feeling like we don't support each other enough. Or the meme that I hate to see quite often is there's a lot of, a lot of memes about this. Again, we're in a meme culture right now. But the meme I hate to see quite often is um, the one where, I don't know if you've seen this one where they'll line up, I think like the price for a hot dog or something like that, and saying that if different cultures offered it to us, we, we are, we're okay with it. But if a black person offers it to us at the same price or even at a lower price, we will refuse it. Like people really think that that's where our mindset is. And the reality is um, the people's, most people's mindset, which is, and here's a reality, and this is in itself is not a problem. Some people will call it a problem, and here's what, and I'm saying we make problems that, are, that shouldn't even be there. But most people simply do what you suggested from the very beginning of this discussion. You just go where it's convenient, you like it, and your dollars appreciate it. Like, that's what most people are doing, but there's an assumption that other groups are doing something entirely different than that, and there's this standard that's put on us that says, hey, we don't do that, or we refuse something that's the same price from a black person. Like, people are not doing that as long as the product's good, they like it. That's what people are doing. And to to, to speak to do we support each other enough, again, we do. And the reason I say that we do is simply this. There's a couple of great examples. Um, Sam Tisdale opened up, for example, the first black-owned beauty supply store in Nashville, in Tennessee earlier this year. This brother grossed $50,000 in three hours. And it, was, and it was a black beauty store, so you know that was just us. So how do you have those examples if, you know, the, the people in Tennessee all of a sudden change their mindsets? No, if I, I, I hope to get Sam on the show one day. I've got to reach out to him. But even in that, no. Sam probably did it. If we find if we get a chance to talk to him, I bet you will find out that his marketing campaign was excellent. And, you know, part of his marketing campaign was probably marketing the fact that he's the first black-owned beauty store in Tennessee. So based on the idea or the myth that we do not support each other, why were the lines around the building? Does that, does that make sense? 
just you know, just any you know those thoughts in yeah. reference to killing that myth. It does, but then uh, I also, you know, with with me, I I also consider. I don't know this this business owner, but I also consider what is this individual's personal reputation in the community, um, because we tend to flock to, in my opinion, businesses and support businesses that are. Um, you know, owned by someone that is known in the community, especially with smaller communities. So, yes, marketing plays into it, but I still think that we do a lot of supporting people that we want to support. You know, we do a lot of, oh, well, I know this person and he's opening up a business. Yes, we will support in those instances. Yes, marketing does play a role in getting the word out, but I want to know how much of, you know, the people who did visit the business, I want to know how much that was just based off of the love that they had for this business owner. Because a lot of times people don't support black-owned or not, marketing or not, if, you know, there's not some type of um, other reason for why they're supporting that business. And I'm not saying that, you know, this was the case with this particular, you know, beauty store, but I I just have to ask that question because I've seen where we only support those people that we want to for some other reason. So that's fair. I would, I'll, I'll throw out, we're going to get to some callers right now, but the other reason things that, the other, the other reason I would say applies to any group in reference to how, one store can have a $50,000 three-hour opening versus another store, regardless of the community or culture it is, I think those factors apply across the board. I would offer, and I don't know if that's necessarily um, just a black thing, and the first thing that happened that I thought about was the fact that how many companies use celebrities and people that we know, you know, for their marketing. So that can, I think it, I think you're right that that reputation and being known could be, you know, play a role in it. So I think that that definitely can be a factor, uh, but I think that could be a factor in any culture, if that makes sense. Again, just throwing it out there. Um, let's run to the callers. Area code four zero four last three one eight seven. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Good morning, King and Queen. This is Sherdine. I'm calling from Atlanta. I'm so hello. Hey, how you doing, Queen? Good morning. Welcome aboard, Queen. I'm so happy to have you there. Okay. Um, I mean, I like to hear your voice. I'm sorry. Look, because we'll just go off into our own tangent, right? So let me focus. Um, But this is such a good point, and I think, Amber, what you're saying is essential. Yes, marketing matters, PR matters, all of which, to your earlier point, cost money. So if we can't hire people, a lot of times we're not in a position Mm -hmm. to pay someone Mm -hmm. to make sure that we have the level of marketing and PR and exposure that we need. That doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that we don't have an exceptional product. It's just that we may not have that same reach. And I do think within our, I think, I think as a society, we have definitely adapted um, to this follower mentality, you know, which is all of what social media Mm -hmm. is. But I think that's been a part of, unfortunately, um, to some degree, our culture anyway. So, yes, if you have a celebrity that endorses you 
now all of a sudden people want to flock to you and they want to mm-hmm. go and support you. And I think that's amazing that that business made 50000 in three hours that day based on that exceptional marketing. But I would love to know how it's gone since then, how many of mm-hmm. those people who came on that first day because they were caught up in the hype of it um, maintained as a consumer with that particular company. Uh, I think the expectation and the standard is completely within our community. We have a different level of expectation. Lean to some degree a level of disrespect toward black owned businesses. Some of the questions or comments or statements that have Queen, you're breaking up right now. Like we couldn't hear nothing you just said. So let's see. Try to repeat that. And we got about a minute before sure. break, so I may have to um, bring you bring you back on. But it's breaking up pretty bad right now. Uh, matter of fact, let's oh. just do this so that you, so you know I don't interrupt your thought. Like you literally whatever you just said, yeah. it went blank. So let me have you do this. I'm gonna go to break. You call back in, and we'll get you back on that way. Hopefully, we get a better connection. How about that? Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right, you're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. We'll be right back with Should We Have a I'll see you out there. We'll get you in after she's done. All I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and T-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Oh, how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies' gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still go with me. Because I look like money. Smell like money. Talk like money. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Let me shout out Mark Ranger with and Money Motivation with their Black Level Membership, a longtime sponsor of the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, moneymotivation.com. Go to that site. They're offering a 30% discount through Continuance. They were definitely on last night. We featured them on our last night's invite-only Black Buying Manifesto event. So thank you, Mark, for showing up and sharing um, this is an excellent clothing streetwear brand, if you will, for the go-getters out there. So go check out moneymotivation.com. This morning's discussion question, should we have a buying black manifesto? Who's getting caller Shadun, Rendell Shadun back on the call this morning. We were fortunate enough, Shadun, just to throw this out since we're talking about buying black. Uh, myself and Amber, uh, you were on our Buy Black Day just a, a, a couple of weeks ago. Again, not to change the course of your conversation, uh, but I thought I would highlight it after highlighting uh, Money Motivation, highlighted the fact that you were part of our Buying Black Day uh, that we now have the video featured on the Mental Dialogue Facebook page as well as the Mental Dialogue YouTube page. So um, definitely appreciate what you do, and we got some 
shirts that we're going to be rolling out for the community. So be on the lookout for that. Thanks to Shadun, who is the CEO of She Prints It. So I'll give you a little props and you can get back to your discussion, Queen. But thank you for all that you do. No, I appreciate it. Can you hear me now? Uh, it's yes. coming through clear. Amber, you hear pretty good as well? Yes. All right, okay. you sound good, Queen. So if you can kind of yeah, pick back up where you are, um, yeah, we definitely want to finish your, finish your thoughts. Sure. Yeah, I'm not sure um, where it cut out, but I was saying that I'm curious to know with that particular uh, business that you're referencing what his um, repeat customer percentage is after that particular day of 50000 What is he, you know, grossing quarterly, monthly, so on and so forth, because sometimes we just get caught up in the trend, the hype the excitement of something just to say that we were there and if there's right. not a continuation of that hype, if there's not a celebrity constantly telling us to keep doing it and keep talking to them and keep what, what have you, then we fall off. Um, and and I do think that there's, um, you know, lastly, I, just, I, I do think to some degree there's an unfair expectation um, with black businesses and black business owners. Um, consumers and owners and you know the things that people ask me or say to me or question me mm-hmm. about in my business I don't believe that that is happening as frequently I'm not going to say it doesn't happen at all but I don't think that we right. do that regularly the number of people who call to try to tell me what I should be charging and how I should be charging you know it's, it's mind blowing because that's not happening in these big box stores and lastly I'll say you know, despite what the numbers are and how much we spend or what, what have you, at the end of the day, we all spend money. And so what you all did with your Buy Black Day at my business, the bookstore, the coffee shop, you make a direct impact in the lives of us as business owners. We appreciate that more than a Walmart or Target or anybody else would ever. When you shop with a small black-owned business, you are more than likely going to get extra stuff. You're going to get an exceptional mm-hmm. experience. And it, it's because it's a day off, like Montoya said earlier, when we're wearing every hat in the business. See, you can call the CEO or email the CEO of some Fortune 500 company, and whatever you ask, they just give you because they're so far removed from the experience that they just want to mm-hmm. make a happy customer. But your small business I'm your customer service rep. I'm your production manager. I'm your all of these things, and I'm the CEO. So there's that's a lot of hats for one person to wear. And so my ask is that please follow the lead that Montoya in this community is setting. We're not asking you. I'm not asking that you stop shopping because we are a consumer nation. My ask is that you just mm-hmm. make those simple adjustments. Buy your toothpaste from a black-owned business. Buy the seasons that you use, your toilet paper, your everyday essentials. If we just did that, see, I think we're only $3 trillion because we don't even do that. If we spent more, just redirected our dollars, what could that be? Just 
you know, Absolutely, and and some of the points you're actually jumping in, which is beautiful. I don't mind it. Um, I'm gonna get deeper into some of the points you had. I know, you know, I know you probably at work as usual, but if you get a chance to get back in, if you want to, um, but I'm gonna hit some of the things you said directly on the head with the, you know, with some of the other points, talking about exactly what you're talking about. So I appreciate the three cents. I got brother Pianki out there waiting, so I'm gonna try to jump to him as well, and hopefully I'll get through some more of these points. But it definitely addresses the redirection, you know, and I, and I'm even suggesting that the redirection just be a little more intentional and just a little bit more because I get if you're not in an Atlanta, for example, maybe not as easy, but again, as I said at the very beginning with the, the event of online businesses, you can, like you said, get those everyday items very easily, you know, from a, a ERGJ Black Bazaar or We Buy Black. Again, mm-hmm. some of those things are in the um, some of the later pointers of this manifesto. So thank you for this three cents, Queen. Thank you all. No, absolutely. Let me get Brother Pianchi in before we get to some of these other points um, in the manifesto. Again, I'm going to hit some of the very things that uh, Shadon just talked about. All right, Brother Pianchi, how are you doing this morning? Give us your three cents on this morning's discussion. What's up? What's up? What's up, King? You always get me and Brother Pianchi confused for some reason. Oh, the numbers are similar. Yeah, the numbers are very similar. My bad. This month, oh, yeah, this is bad. This, matter of fact, let me, let me change this up. This is also a platinum level membership supporter. <laughs> Uh, of the Mental Dialogue Community <laughs> Club, who was dropping gems on last night's last night um, <laughs> um, um, buying black on Black Friday event. So thank you, uh, William, for calling in. And yeah, please jump in where you fit in, King. I know as always, you always bring it. So go ahead, King. What you got for us? Sorry about the uh, mix up. Oh no problem, no problem. I, I love the discussion. I think it's, I think it's great. I think what we miss a lot of times is the full ecosystem of the conversation, though, because it's, it's, it's a full conversation. And um, for me, even my personal experience is I think we get caught up in the hustling mentality a lot. And what I mean by that is I think it's a gift and a curse. I understand that the hustle is a, is a, is a mentality, but I think it, it waterfalls over into our actual operations and how we do business a lot. And if you know anything about entrepreneurship and business, you know that consumers do business with they know, like, and trust. I mean, at the end of the day, a consumer wants to spend their hard-earned money with people they know, like, and trust, regardless of who it is. And so I think a lot of times we don't trust the people who come to us with a hustling mentality, and it turns us off in regards to shopping with our own a lot of times. And it's all presentation. A lot of times it's presentation and it's trust. And if you're not presenting your product, your service, the way you do business in that way that generates trust in the time that I spend and the money that I spend, then it becomes one of those things where I want to do that with people or places that I know, like, and trust. So removing, you know, the, the do business with black and just getting into who you know, like, and I think a lot of what you guys are talking about right now is that it's like no like and trust. The problem is, and again, we're talking about the full conversation, is that a lot of times mm-hmm. we don't have that, we don't have that capital, we don't have that money to start in a way that we can build that trust. When you're talking about marketing, marketing is simply, uh, to put it simply, it's it's educating people on your product, but it's also building trust in your product, right, in your service and the way that you service people. It's the testimonials. It's to show that other people are happy with your service. It's the reviews. It's all of that that makes the, the consumer go, you know what? I want to support 
this corporation, this business, regardless of whether it's black, white, green, yellow, orange, I trust this. And so mm-hmm. if you can present it that way, right, that does a lot. The hustling, I think what happens is the hustle, man, we come, a lot of times we have to mm-hmm. come. Like people want entrepreneurs. I want to be an entrepreneur. The problem is I don't have the financing to present it in the way that I want to present it. And that hurts us Correct. a lot of time. So the mentality is great. It's good because it's that thriving mentality. And that's who we are as black people. We thrive and we're going to figure it out. I think the problem is when we could compete, when we're in a competitive market with brands that are just like ours and competing against ours, the consumer is choosing who they trust more than anything when it comes to spending time and spending money. And so what we have to figure out, and this is kind of what I mentioned yesterday, last night about that top-down flow, because when it's bottom-up, you really don't have that guidance to set your business up the way it needs to be set up right, right, the the presentation, and you don't have that support. And so, yes, you're going to come in with that hustling-type approach, and it just turns a lot of people off, and people would rather go somewhere else a lot of times as opposed to go to you because they don't want to deal with the headache of, having an expectation and that expectation not being met. And I think that's a problem that we, that we have a lot of times. It's not that we don't want to support our own. It's just that a lot of times we get disappointed in the experience that we have because, and not to the fault of the entrepreneur, it's just that the financing, which I always stress, the financing, the capital, right. the loan, small exactly. business loans, right, all of that stuff impacts the way that we present our product and our service. And it really causes a problem with the with the transaction, the expectation, and the the consumer, right? They just rather go somewhere else where they know. They, where they yeah, let me jump in right here because you're making, if you will, let me jump in right here because you're making excellent points, right? You're making excellent points. And 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 if we, if we wasn't doing, for example, a buy black manifesto, what you simply said is just how business should be done. Like that's it, it could be right. simplified down to that's how business should be done. Now, let me bring it into context of this discussion, and I want to hear your thoughts on this. So I think you are exactly right. I agree with you 100%. Again, this is simply how business should be done. Mm -hmm. From a collective standpoint and how we think of, because I think the problems you're saying, and I agree, you are, and you do say that all the time, it's just the ability to finance is really key to having a lot of those things in place and being able to do it correctly. And like you said, because we hustle, we get creative, and some of our business owners figure it out and survive a period to, to they eventually are able to present themselves. And But due to lack of capital is why we have to get creative so often. So I know you're giving, in a sense, credit for, as you said, credit for the hustle mentality that just even gets you out there and in out there competing. So again, just for anybody out there listening, I just wanted to give context to under, you know understand you know the context of what I'm hearing here. So the dialogue right. from a collective standpoint, again, we're still on the mindset. I haven't even moved into um, the, the the second point, which is stop asking for the hookup. We'll do that after on the, after the top of the hour. Uh, but in what you're saying. From the collective perspective, when I mentioned last night and at the beginning of this show, the idea that from a collective standpoint, collectively, not individually, but collectively, Mm -hmm. we've been competing in this market for about 60 to 70 years max. And so what that means from a collective standpoint is you will find a lot of our black entrepreneurs in the exact position that you're talking about, um, William, and due to that, this is where I think we should have a collective step back versus indicting 
our black businesses overall due to some of that is, like you said, coming from a hustling mentality. Some of it's um, a lot of our community is still first-generation business owners, and you're competing with, you know, a lot of times big box companies or second generation or third generations who, who have done that the very thing that you said. They got the capital in place and they've created the trust in the product. And so it is very natural as a consumer to say, well, it was this was the experience over here, but when I go to this business, it's not that. The big mistake we do is now say, well, this is happening with all our black businesses as if they don't want to. And that's the that's what I wanted to get into the nuance of some of it is just the reality and the lay of land due to the earlier numbers I spoke to. One, part right. of the amount of money that we have and the bigger issue right. always for our businesses and you are a business owner yourself is access to capital, which you know that is a constant fight. So without that exactly. access, it would help us to be smart about indicting what we see collectively in a negative manner as if there's something wrong with us when the reality is we've been competing for about 60 to 70 years and we're collectively in the early stages up against companies that are 50 years or 100 years in. That's not an excuse. It's a reality that lets me know there's nothing wrong with our black businesses. And, of course, we love and applaud those who figure it out or have gotten that figured out. Again, not giving an excuse. But it's just I wanted to have that collective conversation because there's nothing wrong with our black businesses. We're new to it. We're lacking access. We're creative as hell. It doesn't mean go to a business where you have a bad experience. That's not what you're hearing me say But because I I, I respect that. If you have a bad experience, don't go back to that business. But to think there's Mm -hmm. something wrong with why we don't look like a Walmart, no, we got to redirect enough of our dollars so we can get, so we can have somebody become a Walmart. And and when we got somebody like that, if they don't compare, that's one thing. But to collectively act like there's something wrong with us is what I'm wanting to address when it comes to the concept of buying black. Uh, I'm sure I'm out at the top of the hour. I don't got on a. Oh yeah, we got yeah we got a few minutes. (laughs) We did that. Yeah, I didn't pass the top of the hour break. All right, let's keep it running, man. We'll get, we'll, we'll, we'll I'll get it in later, man. Hey, man, this is, I just, because, you know, obviously I'm passionate about no, how love, I've seen this for so long, and you are, the, in a sense, my opinion, because you, you, you come from that top-down approach. You've gotten yourself to a level where you can, right. you know, again, you are a supporter of what we're doing. You know, you know, we, you know, just to put it out there. Um, me and William were high school friends um, a few years apart, so we wasn't close then, but we reconnected. Just I forgot how we found each other on Facebook or whatever, but you right. took that top-down approach. You say, brother, I see what you're doing with the platform, and you've poured in and immediately, beca- you know, you became a member, and then you raised it to right. platinum levels to say, I want to support more. So, you know, so you are an example for anybody out there hearing us go back and forth. Understand, I wanted to bring all that context in because I think what I just said was is what goes missed. In a sense, you were absolutely correct, but people will stop it at that and say, yep, that's what black businesses do without understanding right. the collective opportunity to compete in these markets. And if we if we say we was 246 years of this and 100 years of Jim Crow, so if we say those things, we have to understand that 60 or 70 years out, this is kind of what it looks like. There's nothing wrong with us. Go ahead, King. 
Well, I, I think I think the lady, uh, the the previous lady that just spoke, she hit it on the head. It's we're underfunded, we're undercapitalized. So yes, we want to get in the game, but it's like it's like getting in the game with without the resources, and we don't have the the money to to hire the people we need to hire to be efficient and be competitive, right? And so yes, you're wearing multiple hats. You're wearing five, six, seven, eight hats in your business, right? You're the customer service rep. You're the you know like you said, you're the inventory specialist. You're the product developer, you're the designer, you're the you're everything in your business. And obviously you can't compete doing it that way. You know what I mean? And so what we have to figure out, so I think this is where we are. We understand where we are. And you've done a great, you did an excellent job of communicating that, King. Excellent job. This is where we are. There's nothing wrong with us. The problem is we're underfunded, undercapitalized. We're fighting for that, right? That's what we did this past election. We're, we, we know mm-hmm. where we are. We know what we need to get to where we're trying to go. We understand that. And we know how to survive. And one thing we're seeing is the young generation is doing that. They're, they're gaining that trust. What they're mm-hmm. doing is they're gaining that key, that trust. By They're consistent. They're very consistent online. They're not traditional, right? They got tattoos on their face. They got, you know what I mean? <laughs> but they're consistently, <laughs> yep. they're consistently, consistently gaining trust through communication and getting people to believe in their message and believe in what they're doing. So we see the progress in that. Technology has been very good for us because it's allowed us to play in a game that we are undercapitalized on, and that's what technology does. It liberates you, right? It gives you that means mm-hmm. to communicate consistently regardless of what you look like, regardless of how much money you have. If you can consistently talk to me and tell me this is what we're trying to do, like the manifesto, if the manifesto can be consistently, consistently Talk to me about I can I can see it, understand it. Pretty soon I'm going to buy into it and I'm going to trust it regardless of what it looks like and the presentation. It has to be consistent. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we got to figure out. Like what is the next step in gaining more leverage for get capital? Because the problem is I don't see capital coming to us in a way that's gonna transform us. I you know, it's been like this for the last since Dr. Martin Luther King was asking for it, and you know what happened to him as soon as he started asking for mm-hmm. it, right? And I don't think that's going to change. As a matter of fact, in some ways, I think with technology, it's going to be easier for the people who control the, the, the money to keep it away from us even more, especially because we don't understand financing. So we need to get into that so we can get to financing. And this is my whole mm-hmm. top-down thing, because until the people who, like, like, like the way you described me, until we have more of those type of people who say, you know what, I recognize that I had to go out and do it this way. I had to affiliate with not my not my own kind, not my not my not not my, my not black folks, but I had to go to where the, the money is with the, the white strategic folks, alliances. other people, <laughs> strategic alliances, right? I had the allies. Dr. Martin King talked about that, that right before he was dying. So it's all on that yeah. same path. He talked yeah. about that as well. I had to use exactly. I had to use that leverage in order to gain my leverage, and then what my responsibility now is is to empower people. And to teach them, which I saw a lot last night, and I, I loved last night because I saw some of that last night. I saw the lady. She was beautiful in that because she was in Melanie. Melanie. Oh, she, she was, was saying, dope. We need to teach our people that this is how they need to present themselves, right, as a business. But we'll know, like, and trust you, so they will do business with you regardless of who you are. And you're going to be more competitive in that space than anybody else. But we have to, we have to get there. And, again, I think we have to utilize technology. We have to because it's it's cheap. It's cheap. And the cost is low. And we have to start finding things like that and use that leverage because that money, we're not going to go to the bank and get a small business loan easily. It's not going to happen because we don't have the collateral. We don't have the trust. 
that they don't know, like, and trust us like that. They're a business too. You know what I mean? They don't know, like, and trust us. So right. They're not going to give it to us. So we got to be creative. And I say, look to the younger generation because they're figuring it out. They really are with this technology and they're leveraging it and they're selling everything. And they're selling a lot of everything, and they're doing it in a no, let me Let me do this. Bill, we, uh, will, will you, let me do this. We got um, a couple other calls we want to get in, but I want to hear any okay, thoughts yeah, from yeah. Amber before we let you go real quick. I'm going to let you go, but I just I know she's kind of had to sit back and watch us go back and forth again, you know, for us having a relationship <laughs> and you being a supporter. It it's happens okay. like that, so I definitely don't want to be the queen out. So, yeah. Amber, any thoughts before no, I get to these other just... calls because they may take us in a different direction? No, you definitely, William, that no like and trust, that is everything for me. It's everything, you know, when I decide to go spend my money at a small business, I'm definitely, I got to know you, like you, and trust you, you know, right. so that's everything. I love it. That's what, can, that's what um, most people you know, We definitely can get back in if you want to get back in yeah, later. Because, again, I'm, you, can, you, can, yeah, you can do this whole show with us. I ain't even got to the other points yet. But, again, I love what we're doing right now. Uh, let me get to another caller. And, okay. Sean, I see you're trying to get back in as well. We'll get you back in in a second as well. Area code 504, last 3065. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Oh, yes. Um, Brother Eric Jackson from uh, New Orleans. And good, good morning to everyone there. Hey, thanks for calling me. Hey, hey, what good you got morning. for us this morning? Yeah, I just want to bring up a couple of examples in terms of using our network. Uh, in terms of our family, you know, Barry Gordy, he started Motown off the family bank. Uh, he requests they would donate money each month to their family pot for financing. Uh, he asked for a thousand dollars to start Motown. They said, "Well, we won't give you a thousand dollars, but we'll give you eight hundred dollars." And we saw what happened with Motown Records. So I think we have to try to build our own family resources as much as possible as a resourcing funding source uh, to start our businesses. Uh, there was a. I'm from Dayton, Ohio. There was a brother uh, in the early 1900s. He was part of the Lions Group, it was the um, a, a black organization, sort of like a fraternity. And uh, mm-hmm. they funded him money to turn his gas station into a, an appliance store. So through his lodge brothers or fraternity brothers, they helped fund his appliance stores. And there's not too many black-owned appliance stores today, matter of fact. So I think we have to use what organizations and clubs and family members that we have and educate them to the importance of financing each other so that we can uh, get um financial resources to fund our, 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 our institutions and our goals and objectives. Because as you mentioned, you know, historically we're not going to get that from the bank. You know, we're going to have to fund our own businesses the best way that we can. Uh, so those, that's one thing I wanted to um, add in. And another thing too, I was on Facebook the other day and people were, and as you mentioned, the no, the no trust and like, I think that's you know, definitely important, but I'm hoping that we can sort of circumvent that cycle because, you know, the people were talking about, well, we don't have any um, black businesses, we don't have any black institutions, so on and so forth. And after a while, I just get tired of hearing, well, we don't have that. So I said, well, give my number a call, and if you're interested in starting a, back, a black-owned buying club or interested in starting a black-owned grocery because we don't have any, you know. And, of course, as you all mentioned, you know, I didn't get any phone calls. They don't know me from anybody. But even just the point of just talking about, well, what can we do to start a black buying club to buy things wholesale? What can we do to learn about how to start a black-owned grocery store? Because 
if we wait on liking, knowing, and trusting, who knows how much longer it's going to take for us to get to that, So, to what we really need. And some people say, well, trust is not a factor. I heard that discussion. I couldn't really understand why they said trust is not a factor. But some people believe that trust is not a factor. If people just do their job, I guess. Then you can get things. Yeah, that's unique right there, and brother. I got a bunch of other that, callers I want to get in, so I definitely, yeah. I don't, not sorry to cut you off, um, but I will throw out that, yeah, for, yeah, I'm, you know, I respect that you, as you said, some other people have said that. Um, if they're out there, please call in and give the perspective, but I definitely think even within our own community, historical distrust has always been an issue, so it plays a role in us, again, as he said, no like and trusting, you know, even within ourselves, um, but I respect, mm-hmm. you know, your perspective, in, you know, in the sense that, that you know, maybe that's, in a, in, you know, possibly a way to circumvent that. I will say I'm, I'm right. not sure because I think that's just how people comfortably buy, um, but what I will mm-hmm. throw out just throw this out and we'll get to another call. I appreciate your three cents this morning. Um, what I will throw Thanks, out is um, to a certain extent, um, if you sometimes consider going into industries where you're not competing with things that are saturated, that may be the way to do that because you're kind of the first in the industry or you have this creative idea. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you're not having to compete against some uh, 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 necessarily an item where people already have that no like and trust. So just throwing it out there right. as a thought. But let me get to these other callers. I really, really appreciate the three cents. Uh, the way this works, just so you know, because Eric, I tell you, a first-time caller, if you, get, if you come off the one and decide to to get in later. We are a family show. You can get back in with us. Let me get to these other callers, but thank you for your three cents this morning. Thank you. All right. Let's see here. All right. I got another 504 number, looks like. All right. 504 Give us your name and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. Greetings. I'm, uh, I go by Brother Warren. I also have a show here on Blog Talk Radio called New Orleans Wake Up. Uh, I like to say that one of the slogans that I've been using, uh, that I heard others use, instead of buy black, it sounds too cliche I use trade among ourselves. We must trade among ourselves. And that is any skill, goods, or services that exist in our demographic group we must trade among ourselves because that's what groups have been doing since the beginning of humanity is that they would trade among each other to provide each other with what they need. Uh, I think part of the problem in our uh, dilemma or, or shortcoming in that area of trade among ourselves as number one, we've always been socialized to associate status and progress with being close to or having what white people have. And I think that's ingrained in our uh, social psyche that whatever whites dingle before us and have, when you acquire it, it means you're progressing, you're moving up. When you're near them, it means you're progressing, you're moving up. We've been taught to compete against each other because we were never really allowed to compete against white people. So this desire to show another black person what I have, this desire to show off is part of a problem. I remember 
after Hurricane Katrina. We got we got uh, about, a, we got about a minute audience. before break, brother. So I'm just letting you know we got about a minute about a minute before break. Just oh. letting you know. So if you can, okay, I just want to say upon yeah, returning yeah, in New Orleans, uh, upon returning after Hurricane Katrina and the part of the town I live in, New Orleans, you begin to see blacks have businesses. So you, I remember once there was a restaurant that a young black couple opened. And down the street was another restaurant, and when I would I would patronize both, and I would hear both owners of each restaurant saying something bad about the other one down the street. But yet the Vietnamese and the Palestinians and the Koreans I have stores right next to each other, all right across the street, and don't have a problem with it. Hey, brother, we are up against the break. I'm going to have to go ahead and let you go. Thank you for the three cents, though. Uh, you can get back in, as always. Just come off the one and come okay. back on the one. We are up against the break. Thank, uh, thank you for the three cents this morning. This morning's discussion question, should we have a buying black manifesto? Uh, we'll try to get deeper into this manifesto. Shadon, I'll see you back out there as well. We'll be right back. Well, all I ask is that you think. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? is a full-service design agency with tools available to help clients communicate with audiences through visual and digital media. So what exactly does that mean? You need graphic design? Call Big Sis Media. You need web design? Call Big Sis Media. You need audio or video production? Call Big Sis Media. You need a branded strategy for your business? Call Big Sis Media. Damn, they do everything, don't they? Nope, even better. They're professionals. Whatever service you need, they do a consultation, send over a contract with a deadline, and meet that deadline. A true one-stop shop for all your digital and media needs, all at an affordable price. What's their website and phone number? BigSysMediaGroup.com. 404-465-4348. Again, that's BigSysMediaGroup.com. Dot com. Call them at 404-465-4348. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with co-host Amber Page, Big Sis Media, longtime sponsor of the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Uh, we go look up Atlanta 24-7 Mobile Notary and see the landing page. Excellent landing page they made for me. Great affordable prices for website, uh, marketing tools, BigSysMediaGroup.com. Please check them out. This morning's discussion question, should we have a buying black manifesto? Uh, Emma, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and get through a couple of these other points. I know I got you done out there, but I just want to make sure we don't we, we don't miss out getting through the manifesto, if you will. And, again, I wanted to just add in a couple of points uh, that, uh, that Shadon already touched on. I'm pretty sure she got some more she wants to get in as well. Uh, but just to um, provide one other example that I just always love highlighting, um, and it's Dr. Key Hallman in the Village Market here in ATL. They actually have a, a grand opening as of yesterday. I don't know if you're doing anything this afternoon, Amber, but I'm going to go check them out. Um, the Village Market was a quarterly event where 80 to 100 uh, black-owned businesses would bend and make a lot of money and I would always tell people to, you know for me again another proof in the pudding that we will support each other um, you know you pay to get in there to go you know spend your money with black owned businesses and every quarter it would be loaded and to the point that now in four years she now has a permanent location that grand open today so if you're in Atlanta if you've never been to the Village Market ATL highly recommend 
recommend that you know you uh, you know bring you take your daughter out there. It's beautiful to see black excellence, and they do it in excellence at all times. Again, another example of where we support each other. And one last highlight about the Village Market in August, for example, they did a um, you know Black August, if you will. You know that's a new kind of a new trend over the last couple of years. They did a campaign where individuals could report. Their spending that they spent with black-owned businesses, and in one month alone, just the village marketer people that are part of their their tribe, if you will, they spent 1.8 million in 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 in, in black-owned businesses in in one month, and that's just through that tribe alone. Wow. So again, for me, mm-hmm. don't tell me we can't come together or we don't come together. I think it's a myth. Um, point number two, we're finally just now getting into it. it. Says stop asking for the hookup. I'm gonna run through these quick just to make sure that we do get the full manifesto out in these last 40 minutes. And Shadon, I'll get to you for the other callers out there. You do have to press one if you want to get in on this morning's discussion. But number two, point number two from the Buying Black Manifesto is stop asking for the hookup. Here's a quick point on that. According to business consultant Terry Simmons, the average markup in American business is only 38%. Therefore, consistent discounts to family and friends can severely hamper a startup black-owned business's sustainability, especially when the average black-owned business grosses about 58000 in a year and takes three years on average to turn a property, a, turn a profit, according to bizinfluence.com. So I'm not going to dwell on that one again. I think it's, it is part of the bartering culture, and so I get where it comes from. Um, but quite often, it is your friends and family that have the, the biggest expectation that you give them a hookup once you're in business. They should actually be the first to want to pay full price because as a black business owner, we, we bootstrap it in most cases, so you're going to be in debt for a minimum of three years based on these numbers on average. So the last people that should be asking for a hookup uh, should be your family and friends. Uh, and, and, you know, even when you offer a discount, if you really want to support that person, tell them, tell them you don't want the discount. I've had friends do that for me when I was out here, and I'm still out here hustling. I got to get some things in order even in, in this platform, just to be real with y'all. But, again, I've had good friends, my best friends. My friends have not come to me with the hookup mentality. And so, again, consider getting rid of that as a, one of these black buying black manifestos. Um, number three, and here, Amber, I'll get some of your thoughts on this, and then we'll get to um, Shadon. Let me run through these real quick. Number three, increase black-owned business spending to a minimum of 5 to 10% of your spending. That may sound like a low number. Um, There's a number out here. I've tried to research the hell out of it that supposedly about 2% of our money circulates back to our black businesses from the black collective. Um, I'm always trying to dig and get the facts, so I don't know if that number is correct. Um, But generally speaking, again, I've already mentioned this, outside of being in a what I'll consider a black enclave where there's a majority like an Atlanta or Detroit or Jackson, Mississippi, where there are a lot of us already aggregated, if you will, um, when I go back home in South Carolina, it's not always as easy in my little small town to know where those businesses are. And if you, especially where I'm from, people are not doing as much online shopping. It's growing, but it's still reality. People are just still going locally. And in those cases, it's you know when you think about your everyday items, as Shadon said, that's where you realize very. 
even if you make a concerted effort to get, as you said, um, Amber, a specialty item, which is something that, you know, I got those throughout my apartment that I really remember where I got it from, which business owner supported me. It was part of the reason why I picked some of the eight businesses I highlighted on last night's event was because I remember the experience. They got me something that I couldn't normally get. But in those one-offs, that's not really increasing your percentage of what you're spending with your own. So then it becomes necessary, as I already mentioned, to go to a We Buy Black dot com to go to a ERGJ Black Bazaar and go be willing to go online and have toilet tissue detergent shipped to you. It usually ends up being cheaper. It is usually definitely higher quality. So you can be intentional about increasing that five to ten percent. The reason that that matters so is because of what you've heard me talk about a little earlier. We've got about two million black owned businesses throughout the country, but only five percent employ others. So increasing if all of us individually were intentional about, as Shadan said, redirecting at least 10% of our spending, our regular spending, and you can do it, if we all would redirect just to 10%, we we would create more jobs for those businesses that are now getting the capital to do the very things we said it is very difficult for them to do. So if we could be intentional about just redirecting 10%, I think that is a realistic number to get to. All right? Here's a couple other points. Um, well, I already mentioned, seek out black online marketplaces, like in a sense the equivalent to Amazon. Amazon's become the biggest um, employer in the country, oh, bigger bigger than Walmart. Walmart was the biggest, and I think Amazon is the biggest now. So we see that the world is moving that way, so let's catch up, but let's go find our on our online Amazons, if you will, again, webuyblack.com, E-R-G-J, Black Bazaar. There's other ones out there as well. Um, Here's another aspect. This is, this is definitely want to get your thoughts on this, Amber. So another point within the increasing black-owned spending to a minimum of 5 to 10%. Understand black businesses often cannot compete on price alone. So black consumers' willingness to pay more for black-owned products or service, services are sometimes a necessity. So well, here's a threshold that I offer that I think is realistic. If a price is within 25% of what you normally pay, Please support 25%. So if there's a $40 item, 25% is $50. So if it's, and, and so don't just walk away understanding that as we talked about, do the very reasons we keep talking about access to capital, lack of starting funds, and uh, so they're not able. A lot of times, our businesses are not able to get it for the wholesale that the big business can. So if it's within twenty five percent, if you was going to spend forty dollars, spending forty six dollars is not a reason not to go to our own. Now, if you typically pay. $30 for something, and you see one of our businesses offered it for $60, don't say they're overpricing it. You might not understand what mark, which group they're going after. They may be going after uh, mid-level or lux- the luxury market. So if you don't, so it's not that they're overpriced. They're focused on the luxury market. They might not even be marketed to you. We don't think about that outside of our own community because you know, for example, I under like me. I get a lot of my t-shirts at Walmart. No lie, I love. I like it. I get a lot of, you know, a lot of yeah, my t-shirts at Walmart. At Walmart. <laughs> yeah, but I say that to say this: 
if I go to the mall here in Atlanta, what's that, Lenox Mall, the, you know, kind of the luxury mall here, if I go in there, I'm not going to expect to see a Gucci shirt, for example, for the same price as I would my Walmart shirts. But I don't question the Walmart shirt or the Gucci shirt. So I'm just kind of putting a lot out there. But go ahead and jump in, uh, Queen, about that concept of being willing to pay a little more. Because, again, I find it as a necessity. If we're going to roll out a manifesto, if it's within 25% of what you normally pay, so whether you are a cheap person that buy T-shirts like me, you know what I mean, then <laughs> if it's T-shirts within 25% of that price, get it. If it's double what you normally pay, don't yeah. dog them. Just realize they're not after you. But go ahead, Queen. Well, I can definitely make that pledge to do that. Um, that's something that I I think that I can, you know, incorporate into my my buying power in my own household is definitely, you know, seeking out those necessities that I can go to Walmart, Dollar General. It doesn't really matter to me, you know, because, you know, things like toilet tissue and paper towel and, you know, cleaning supplies, it's all going to do the same, you know. So I can definitely take a pledge to do that myself. No, I love it. I love it. And and then it's online. It's shipping right to your house, so you ain't even having to go shop for it. Now, let me flip it on to the businesses real quick. When I say vice versa, I talked about what us as individuals, in a sense, can do, uh, you know, with the consider going within 25%. Again, these are just considerations for the manifesto. But vice versa, to our black owners, please conduct market price analysis to determine if products or services will focus on there's three different markets, the luxury market, the middle, or the low-class market. Then attempt to be, and now I'm kind of putting that threshold back out there, and attempt to be within 25% of those market pricings. Attempting to sell to all three markets without proper price analysis and or marketing will lead to what I consider unwarranted disappointment in black consumers. That's not all of our black owners. Owners, but I definitely see, you know, again, there's a lot to business. Business is war, as they say, when it comes to being in a capitalistic society. So there's so many levels to it, but I definitely have seen some of our black owners fail to understand this part, um, the idea of a price analysis and kind of putting a price point and not actually targeting a circuit, a certain market. So they kind of put a price point, you know, and I get it based on their cost, based on their value, their sweat and tears they put into it. Uh, but they have to line it up with, do you have the marketing num- dollars to market it to the people who can't afford you? These are just things that I like for some owners to think about. Some owners do this excellent. Some have not thought about it to that degree, and they just throw the product out to everybody versus focusing on one of those three markets. Once you figure out that market, then to be competitive, that's why I recommend, hopefully, if you're within that 25%, you will gain those consumers who are willing to pay a little more to support our own if you if if you if 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 that makes sense. So just like I said to the you know, I don't walk into the Gucci store and question their prices, you know, to a certain extent. I don't need the owner who's who's going after the luxury market to look down on the person who just can't afford their shirt. Like it, it kinda goes both ways sometimes, so that's why I said vice versa. I think I'm up against a break. I'm running this morning. I'm running, I want to get this manifesto out. My board and flows up on me. Hold on one second. Let me see. I can't even see my timing. 
Oh, yeah, we it's are. We get break. Let me run to you. I ran right into the break. Once again, Shadon, I promise you I got you coming out of this break. So I think it's perfect timing to bring you on based on point. That was point number three, increase black-owned spending to a minimum of 5 to 10%. Um, if we do that, we would definitely help out our collective wealth business-wise because, again, we got to get some of these companies to the top so they can take some of um, Williams' approach to the top down and support our businesses in that manner. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business, for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781-4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478-781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with Amber Page. This morning's discussion question, should we have a buy-in black manifesto? Um, got Carla Shadon trying to get back in. I'm going to get her in and say one point before I get her in here. Again, just kind of along the same lines of what I was just saying. Matter of fact, um, let me hear your thoughts, and then we'll get Shadon in as well, um, Amber. Um, but just along those same lines of when I was just kind of putting it from the consumer standpoint versus the black owner standpoint, um, and then one of, the, one of the brothers from New Orleans mentioned, in a sense, that mindset of, in a sense, chasing status. Um, while I know that that is a very real thing, I will tell you, um, in, you know, in my experience, in these streets and, you know, obviously someone who always looks at the numbers and the numbers don't tell you everything. Numbers can never line up to re- to real life experience. And a lot of times because I use numbers so much, people think that I don't understand that. Um, but uh, but numbers just, the numbers, if you, you know, get them, get, you know, go into it objectively, not looking for a certain thing or two, um, the numbers can give you trends, if you will, and, and never, again, it never can necessarily equal up to real life experience. But I say all that to simply say that why while that is, there is a mindset, and there's even been studies about that type of mindset and how they spend. They've even done some, um, the, the Harton School, of, Wharton School, if I'm saying that correctly. They've done a study specifically on this. But anyway, the idea of wanting these status symbols and things of that nature, um, believe it or not, the reality is based on the amount of money that we actually have, that ends up being not as many people as we think. Um, like, for example, Amber, I'll say this and let you jump in, but when I was sharing, for example, the $1.3 trillion, for example, like um, the Salik Center, for example, and even itemizing the different things that different cultures kind of spend more money on, if you will. So no surprise, for example, that shoes was on our list for African Americans. Like every culture kind of has different things they kind of splurge on, if you will. So no surprise, right? We we know obviously we line up for the Jordans no and, 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 you know, we think so negative about it. So it's no surprise. But when I was talking to the group last night, they were surprised when what also was on that list was, um, let me make sure I tell you correctly. Hold on. Let me look at my numbers here. This is not my numbers, it's just my work. Natural gas and electricity is what, 
mm-hmm. the African-American community in comparison to other demographics. They spend more money on shoes, no surprise, phone service, no surprise, but let's talk, let's put that in perspective. Phone service, we just went through the situation of this viral learning, right, and one of the issues down here in a couple of our counties was when they pushed, you know, the, school, the kids because of COVID back home, there was a problem with having access to computers. So quite often, our internet access quite often is driven by our phone usage. So no surprise that, you know, we are spending on the higher-end phones, but it's serving the same, you know, it's serving our computer needs. If if you will, because there's not a computer at the home. So while a, while a phone may be expensive, it's still not as expensive as a computer, if you will. Sounds like an excuse. It's part of the reality why we're spending more money on phone services. Um, the shoes, you know, let's keep in mind, Nike has a $1.5 billion budget strictly for marketing. <laughs> so, again, not saying it's an excuse, just understand uh, that is definitely targeted marketing. But the facts are electricity and natural gas is based on a lot of history to where we are living and the fact that we're having to spend more money on those necessities than other groups have. So it goes into the $1.3 trillion. So I, I say all that to say, so while there is, again, again, an idea of status chasing, I'm not saying it doesn't exist, we overplay it to assume, and again, this kind of goes to somebody who is offering, you know, one of our owners that may be offering a higher-end I, 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 um, item, I, I'm all for it. Money Motivation is a high-end brand, right? so I su- appreciate the support. They, are, they go specifically after the luxury market. They're strict about it, and they're focused on it. Again, but just for challenging and having other owners think about that kind of stuff, and again, for those who haven't thought about it, this is who I'm directing this at, because if you got this covered, I'm not talking to you, but just throwing it out there for the owners who may be offering a higher end because of their sweat equity, if you will, for how they kind of came up with the price and say, well, we spend money on Gucci, realize it ain't no we, it's the few, it's, the, it's those in the community who are caught up in status, and that is not the majority of us. The majority of us are not buying those things, believe it or not. Those are the facts. The majority of uh, our community are focused on natural gas and electricity, and I'm not saying we're all poor. That's not what I'm suggesting. I'm just saying that there is a group that is caught up on that, but we will apply that, unfortunately, across the board and just assume, oh, if it was Gucci, you would have bought it. If you were talking to me, I don't buy Gucci shit. So <laughs> if, I'm just putting it out there. You understand what I'm saying? So go ahead, Queen. Jump on the net, and then I'm going to get you done in this thing. Wow. You said a lot. You really did. You said a lot. Um, I'm personally, I don't know where I fall on that spectrum of luxury purchasing or, you know, whatever the other categories are. Middle and low cost are kind of generally the markets that exist okay. if you're offering products. Okay. Their services work that same okay. way. Services work the same way. Yeah, I get that. Um, but still, for me, I'm going to purchase where I feel like I can trust the product. If I have a problem with the product, I can address it. That's just where I'm going to purchase. That's just where I'm going to spend my money. Yeah, and so for me, I'll pay a little bit extra for certain items if I know I can trust the quality or if I have that love for that particular 
you know, business. I'm gonna I'm gonna be willing to pay more for those services just across the board. Whenever I purchase, I'm very intentional with where I spend. So for me, a business has to have very basic principles, foundations that they use to market to me as a consumer. So I look for very different things when I spend my money. It's definitely not going to be how big the business is. It's not going to be the price point. You know, it's just going to be, I like this business. Mm -hmm. I like this product. It's really basic for me. You know, so. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. You you said a lot. No, fair enough. I just want to get some thoughts and let me get no, no, absolutely. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. Shadon probably could talk us through the rest of this, through the rest of the show, being a business owner, trying to figure this out for all of us. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get her on the um, Wall Wall Street. That's her goal. So I'm trying to get her there. All right, Queen, let's get you up in this thing. I know you're biting at the bit. Oh, yes. Oh my God, this is just so amazing. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you clear. Go ahead, Queen. Okay. Um, there's so many things I just want to touch on quickly. One of the things that's been ongoing since in the second half is the word trust. And I know that that is a real thing in business. You do business with those that you trust. But if we got to be completely yes. honest with each other and understand that we don't trust each other. And, and, and we were trained to not trust each other. And my Toya and I, when we, were, uh, when we did that show together about money, when we were talking about crowdfunding, do you remember once we really got that lady mm-hmm. to break down why she doesn't invest in businesses right, and support crowdfunding? Because she said she doesn't trust herself with money, so she can't trust us with the money. You see what I'm saying? So well, that's a whole, that's a whole deeper, it's a whole, yes, it is. It absolutely yes, is. it's so much deeper. So, yeah, on the surface, it makes sense. You do business with people that you you know, that you like and trust. I, I totally get that. It makes perfect sense. But we even have to do extra work just to get you to trust us because you can't you can't see me if you can't see yourself. If you don't value you, you mm-hmm. can't value me. If you don't trust yourself, you can't trust me. And when we look at other black people, we see ourselves. So that becomes a whole nother deep dive into this internal. Yeah, yeah that's Let a me do this real quick, because I know you got <laughs> other points, but it's just hitting right on our next um the next point that I have in the manifesto. So I'm gonna run through it quickly and you can get it all out. But it just uh-huh. fits exactly right now. So number four, uh, number one, let's repeat them real quick. Number one, stop all black spending power myths. Number two, stop asking for the hookup. Number three, increase black owned business spending to a minimum of five to percent five to ten percent of your spending. Number four Realistic expectations. I got three quick points. Do not enter black-owned businesses expecting a bad experience or feeling like you are doing them a favor, number one. Another point under this one. If you have a bad experience, attempt to provide feedback in a manner that helps the business owner improve. Often black business owners are caught wearing too many hats within the business despite their best efforts, and your feedback might be what they need to improve. If feedback is not well received, discontinue business without 
outgrouping other negative black business experiences all into one. The next one is fully respect the policy of black the policies of black business owners in the same manner you respect other races or ethnic groups policies. Many black business owners go out of their way to accommodate their black customers only to find the accommodations added cost slash time only to earn very little to no profit. Again, number four, realistic expectations. Go ahead, Queen. Oh, you that is so real. Yeah, that is so real. It's like the rule. Oh, mic drop. The show's over. Mic drop. The show's over. <laughs> Let me stop. Because when you said respect their policy, like my so you know this is me all day about respect. Of course, their policy. yeah, of course. That's where yeah. probably where I've done you know, like, dialogue with people like yourself. Absolutely, Queen. Yeah, I got a billion examples, unfortunately. But I'll just give one, you know, um, that happens more frequently. I'll have a customer and say they may buy 25 shirts or something like that. And then later, they'll realize that they need two more. They want me to give it now a week, two weeks later. You want me to give it to you at the same price that you got at that bulk discount, which will be equivalent to going into Sam's Club and saying, well, I bought four rolls of toilet paper the other day. And now I need another four, so I just want you to give me the price of this eight pack and divide it down. Like, that just makes no sense. And then people get upset because you have an actual policy in your company. But then if I didn't have any policies and I was just operating all willy-nilly, they too will be upset. Which doesn't build the trust that hustling builds, right? Exactly. You'll be right back in that same boat. Back in that same boat. But, you know, just back uh, tracking really quick, profit margins. That's such a big conversation piece because profit margins is a real thing. Most of the time, we're not getting the profit margin that you think. So a lot of times people say uh, black businesses over price, and, again, based on who their target market is, their price will apply to that target market. But the actual return on the investment, the profit margin, the take-home for the company – is usually much less in black businesses than it is because on a collective, if it's 38%, you're talking about 20, probably 25% within black businesses because we're paying more and still trying to stay competitive within our market for good. Um, and just targeting, you know, like you said, these black businesses, we need to know who we're talking to. And if I'm not talking to you, don't take it personal. Like, that doesn't, to your point earlier, my story, I'm not, if I'm not marketing to you, you can't say, I tried to support her, but her price is too high. Like, that's not a thing. I, I didn't call you over here. You know what I'm saying? You saw it, you liked it, you want to check it out. It's not in your budget. Then save up or go somewhere else. But stop dogging. Yeah, I just walk out the mall when I see a Gucci shirt that I think is dope. It's, it's dope enough for me to walk in the store because I'm like, dang, that look good. Then I turn that price over, and me being a Walmart T-shirt lover, I turn the price over and be like, mm-hmm. damn, this shirt ugly. But I don't tell Gucci they charge me too much. <laughs> I just I, the prices make like, it ugly. There was a whole post circulating <laughs> um, when we really started to push this buy black movement again about um, a black T-shirt brand that charged $40 for a shirt, and everyone was up in arms saying that that was way too much and it ain't worth that. And it's like, who are you to decide what the value of a retail product is? It's not a a wholesale item. This is a retail item. So like you said, you go to Walmart, you get a $5 T-shirt. You go to Gucci and pay $200 for a T-shirt. 
who decides what you should market? You you place the value on your business and who your target market is. Absolutely. Just got a lot hey, we are against our last break, Shadon. Um, but uh, but again, and I got one more point that I want to hit for this last break. But I definitely be glad to get you back in. Um, again, we just having this discussion. You know, should we have a buying black manifesto? And I, you know, I hope I'm hitting some points that can that people can take and use. I want it to be somewhat practical and realistic, based on you know having been in these campaigns and misunderstood even some of the very things that I'm saying today. I've learned and thought certain ways in the past, and now have come to these conclusions. Again, not saying that everybody needs to follow it, but I hope people are hearing things that they can use and help to improve us circulating and redirecting more of our dollars to our own community. Thank you for your call this morning, Queen. Uh, Thank you. All right. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, or All I Ask. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. If you have a product or a service you want to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, please contact me directly, 404-604-9477, or find us on Facebook at Mental Dialogue or Montoya Smith, either one, and DM me and let me know what you want to do. We can customize and, you know, get your campaign that works for you. If you're an individual that like this intelligent radio, as we call ourselves the return of intelligent radio, uh, please go to mentaldialogue.com if you're outside of Atlanta and become a supporter. If you're in Atlanta, become a member. You can get invited to exclusive discussions like we had last night and access to um, the, the the online marketplace. Uh, we definitely do some creative and unique events. I think membership has its perks, if you will. Um, the biggest thing is supporting this type of dialogue. Dr. Claude Anderson, when he talks about the five pillars that we need within the community, he considers media for number four. And he says everything on, you know, floor number one, two, and three is all for naught if we cannot communicate with our people. Um, As uh, William said earlier, the Internet, um, you know, gives us an opportunity to do things like this. If, you know, if the the large broadcast, whether it be TV or radio, if that's downsizing, then we do have these podcasts popping up all over the Internet. So we definitely need, one, your individual support. And so to keep this type of radio on the air, please consider becoming a member at mentaldialogue.com. This morning's discussion question, should we have a buying black manifesto? We actually got another caller that wants to get in, Amber. So I'm going to go to the caller before I roll out the last point in this manifesto. Um, area code seven seven zero last three one three three. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. One three three, you're live on the air. All right, maybe they didn't want to get in. If you got a few minutes on this last uh, segment, area code. I'm sorry. If you want to get in, six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. Again, that's six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. Press one to let us know you want to speak. I'll say it again. Um, area code seven seven zero one three three. If you're trying to get in, um, press the one. 
Uh, they came off the one, so they wasn't trying to get in. Okay, no problem. Uh, but with that said, let's go ahead and get this last point out. This is, I think, a little deep, and I hope it's clearly understood. And I hope I'm just being clear in this manifesto. Uh, but let me throw this out and just tell me what you gather from it when you hear it all, um, um, Amber, because, again, I don't know if I've made it specifically clear, but I definitely can explain it. But number five says, respect hiding while black owned. Respect hiding while black owned. And then see if these two points somewhat explain it. So there's a concept. I mean, this kind of goes back to what you were thinking earlier when I first asked you this morning, should we have a a buying black manifesto? And I remember your first thought was, Amber, that it was not necessary. And But you were, we came to find out that you were coming from the standpoint of, you, you were thinking, in a sense, buy black exclusively, right? Well, the next point I'm making here is kind of um, that it's not about being exclusive because I've heard this term, and I think it's, it's one that I appreciate, which is buy black, sell to everyone. Buy black, sell to everyone, which just kind of clumps it into this concept of, you know, buy black when you can, whatever products you, you as an owner want to put out there. If you, in a sense, want to go after the vast, you know, the entire market, that is a smart thing to do. It's a lot, in a lot of cases, it is a, you know, it's a smart way to compete. But let me dig into that. Uh, and here's what I mean by, or th- I think somewhat explains what I mean by respect hiding while black owned. So listen to this closely and tell me what you gather from it, Amber. Unless marketing that you are a black owner creates a competitive advantage, consider breaking into other markets without marketing ownership. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I messed, let me repeat that. I've messed up the word. Okay. Unless marketing that you are a black owner creates a competitive advantage, consider breaking into other markets without making ownership initially known or strategically diversify your workforce or even ownership when profitable for long-term success. What is what I just said? How does that speak to you or what do you get from that, Amber? Oh, I'm sorry, Queen, I got you. Uh, yeah, hi. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, here. Queen. I'm up there mixing up your number <laughs> on the board. That's I mean, yeah, that's funny. Oh no. <laughs> I got I got to call myself out, everybody, for everybody listening. For everybody listening, I've never done this before, but this is hilarious. So I'm gonna call myself <laughs> out live on the air. So when I was up there saying caller zero, what what you know, when I was saying caller, I'm up there. This this is my my Queen on the board live, and I just got it mixed up with my callers. I'm sorry about that, Queen. I done unmuted you and everything. <laughs> okay. Hey, hey, yeah, hey, we, we gotta you know we work through it to get through it, y'all. I don't mind. I let me call myself out. But go ahead, Queen. Um, let's you tell got, them. You tell me what it, you think you, of what you I gotta just explained to you. Back. You got to run it back. <laughs> okay, y'all again. run it back. All right, I'll run it back. All right, let me run that back. So, unless marketing that you are, I'm sorry, unless marketing that you are a black owner creates a competitive advantage, consider breaking into other markets without making ownership initially known or strategically diversifying your workforce or even ownership when profitable for long-term success. What do you take from that? I take that is the very real place. As a business owner, that is the very real place. You have to act, you absolutely have to strategize and think about whether or not you're going to be hidden. You know, is it worth saying, you know, well, this is who owns this business, 
does that really matter? If you're going to have a product that is one that I know, love, and trust, it doesn't really matter who owns it. So I do absolutely feel that's a real place. No, absolutely. And and what I would say for anybody out there listening, um, again, when I, I want to be real clear when I say unless marketing that you are a black owner creates a competitive advantage, which means mm-hmm. go after your niche markets. There's a lot of money that can be made in niche markets. And if, 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 Putting out in the front that this is black owned, like like I assume, uh, you know, Mr. Sam Tailsdale did in highlighting that he was opening up. You know, clearly if you're opening up a black beauty store, in particular to all the creative things our queens can do with their hair, then obviously that's a focused and niche market. And so, absolutely cool and smart, right, to put yourself out as front because we know that a lot of those black beauty stores are not owned by us. So so in that situation, it becomes a competitive advantage more than likely to say, hey, I am the owner of this black beauty store. So we're not saying don't do that when it makes sense. It creates a competitive advantage. Uh, however, mm-hmm. um, if you're offering a product that doesn't necessarily go after a niche market, then Mm-hmm. Most of the time when you're picking up an item on the shelf, whether it be the grocery store or Walmart or a Gucci store, whatever, just whatever the case may be, you're not even concerned with who the owner is. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I say that from the standpoint that I would love to see and push in a sense as we enter into business and there's, a, there's, there's definitely a consistent business push within our community as we're doing that. Uh, I think it is would be very smart if people would consider going in other industries versus saturating some of the same areas that we've been competing in for a long time, if you will. I think it would be smart to see and push the next generation to consider, in a sense, hiding while black on when it is strategically to your advantage. I've done a show specifically on that concept, hiding while black on, and there are, and again, I respect people's opinion. Uh, we don't have any time to get any more callers at this point, but I've had people who, who think, you know, that that person is not proud of themselves or they're doing um, their, who they are and what they, you know, are in the market a disservice and they're not, you know, and so some people have a disdain for people who might do that, whereas, um, the reality is, it, in order to compete, if it doesn't create a competitive advantage, then leading with your race is highly unnecessary. You don't have to necessarily agree with me, but I, when, I, when I say the point is to respect it, what I mean is don't be one of these people when you're talking about circulating the collective dollar that now has a judgment for someone who's making waves in an industry. And a lot of times, a lot of our owners who are going in these different industries, they literally are the long ranger or the first in their industry. Um, I, I had some that were part of our, um, our mastermind invite-only group um, of our platinum and black level members, and a couple of them are they're the only person in their industry. And so if somebody were to look down on how their industry looks or the fact that, you know, that they don't put it up and out front, look down on that, that's ridiculous. And I've, I've even seen one on owner um, try to, in a sense, tell me a story where they tried to help a brother, kind of mentor him, and the brother literally came in with these assumptions about how he lives that were completely incorrect about how much he cared about the community. He was talking to an owner that had basically uh, provided jobs for nine different families, and he had moved on to another industry, but those brothers um, were still in uh, – in business 
and some of them had come out of prison. But this brother judged this, you know, well-to-do brother to assume that he didn't help the community. And I was like, brother, don't ever let that bother you when you are responsible for nine families getting food put on their table every day just from you employing them, and they're still in business even though you've left the industry. You can't do it no better than that. And so that's what I mean by respect. Not saying you have to do it. If that doesn't resonate or speak to you, fine. But don't judge others who choose to do it different who are just trying to make a way. We got 60 seconds, Queen, so I'm going to let you give a, a closing thought, and then we're going to get on this and do this thing next week. But I hope the Buying Black Manifesto is something that people can take and use and consider in using practic- you know, practically for themselves. Go ahead, Queen. I appreciate the manifesto. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. That's it. I started the show. I wasn't sure, but I can respect the manifesto. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. So have we have we moved you to? It's necessary for us to have one. Have we? Did we? Did we? Did we? Did we do that? We ain't got to. But I'm just asking. (laughs) Well, no, it's good because we need some rules and parameters. In navigating right, black business. Hey, well, I will accept that. We'll see y'all next week. All I ask <laughs> is that you think.